I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan. Your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs hosted by Superfine Art Fair. Hello, business artists. You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means you are certifiably awesome. I'm James Milley, co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for independent artists in the U.S., and one of the top resources to learn about all things art. Today, we've got artist and activist Alexandra Jameson on the mic with us. Alexandra is going to talk about weaving politics and art together. I'm very excited to hear what she has to say, but first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you AVP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and unsure about the next move in your career? Good news, those days are over. Since 2015, we've spent thousands of hours developing the best art fair model for independent artists just like you who want to take control of your career, build your collector list, and make a real sustainable income from your art. Superfine started with the connection between artists and an eager, empowered, qualified buying audience. So many alternatives didn't provide any real value for the artists who spent their precious time, hard-earned money, and major effort mounting and exhibiting their work without the results to back it up. And that meant that it was time for something new. For seven years, Superfine has focused on breaking down these barriers and creating sustainable economic opportunities for artists to build careers from our fair. To find your place at a Superfine fair, simply visit www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Don't miss the chance to be part of the top business artist community in the world. Oh, and when you mention the artist business plan, you'll receive $150 credit on your booth, no matter what size or city you choose. So that's $150 off. Go online to www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art to set up your qualification call with James and get started selling your art with Superfine today. Again, that's www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. All right, so we are back with Alexandra Jameson. Alexandra Jameson audaciously spends much of her life uh, making art despite not having any art school debt. A third-generation self-taught artist from Portland, Oregon, she gets her hands, floors, and apron dirty at least five days a week in Brooklyn, New York. Her latest art includes the Abortion Trading Card series and has previously been featured in the Mona Nico uh, Gallery, the Brooklyn Waterfront Artist Coalition Gallery, the Kunstrom Gallery, the Clio Art Fair, Las Laguna Art Gallery, uh, her first solo show, Our Stories, Patterns, and What We Inherit, opened in New York in September 2022. Alexandra was awarded a City Artist Corp grant in 2021 and curates group exhibitions featuring women, trans, and non-binary artists under the name We Create NYC, a fiscal-sponsored project of the New York Foundation of the Arts. She creates commissions for private clients around the world and has been featured as a writer and coach in Oprah Magazine, Martha Stewart Living, Good Morning America, CNN, USA Today, and more. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, uh, Alexandra. Well, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, so first off, uh, just to help our listeners on ABP get to know you a little better, uh, what is your earliest memory of art? Well, I was lucky enough to be born into a family of artists. Now, I didn't think I was lucky for a few years there, like, you know, teenage years. I thought it was weird. <laughs> 
but my my home was an art project. My aunt and uncle, my grandmother both lived in town, all working artists. So I don't remember a life without tons of art supplies, constant projects, conversations about colors and art movements. And now none of us ever went to art school. Um, everybody was self-taught and everybody up and like until my grandmother was like in her last bed, she was teaching other little old ladies how to fuse glass and use the kiln in her garage. So just like it's just oozing out of my family members and, and now myself and now my teenager, it's, you know, passing it down the line. So it's always been a part of my life. That is so delightful. I love that. So it's, it's basically what is your earliest uh, memory of being conscious is, is a better question. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's, that's awesome that you've always been surrounded by art. Um, I think that's always just such a magical thing when, uh, when people get to have that. Um, so thank you. Um, awesome. All right. So we're going to dive into the rest of our questions now. Um, so first off, can you tell us about your most recent art project, the abortion trading cards, which are published in partnership with Row House? Yeah, you know this. I'm I'm kind of shocked that this happened. It came to be, and maybe other artists feel this way about their work. But I only started working in collage almost exactly a year ago, and I I got to do my first art residency. I went to Galway, Ireland for a month last February. And it was the first time I like put aside my watercolors for the first time in over a decade. And I just got really interested in like vintage papers and going to weird old bookstores in Galway and finding original sources. And I just got super obsessed with it. And about that same time, um, you know, the Supreme Court handed down a decision here in the U.S., which basically got rid of Roe v. Wade. I was, you know, my my artist relatives were also all activists and educators as well. So I was kind of born to be an artist and activist. <laughs> I was raised this way. And it was interesting. The day I arrived in Ireland was St. Bridget's Day, and it had just become a national holiday. So I was learning about St. Bridget. And what a lot of the Irish didn't know was that Bridget was, she's the patron saint of abortion as well. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like all this is happening at the same. So all this is going in my mind as I'm playing with collage. And as a lot of other artists do, we can kind of, you know, we take the world and our experience and funnel it into our work. And it somehow came out as a, a deck of cards, like how, Abortion's not going to go away. How are people going to be engaging with it? How are we going to teach it? And, you know, I, I actually, I did go to university. I studied history and ended up studying a lot of like women's religious history through the ages. And it was like, this has been around for a long time. It's not going anywhere. It's just going to go underground. And I thought, well, you know, uh, a handmade deck of cards where on the back is secretly reproductive health information and abortifacient herbs and the history of abortion around the world. And it just became this deck of cards. Um, 
It was fun to make in a very weird dystopian Gen X goth girl that I am kind of way. (laughs) Um, But a friend of mine, and and this is where I, I think talking about like relationships and networking is so important for artists, right? Like I made all of this in kind of solitude, influenced by the world. And then I started sharing it on just on my Instagram, like, hey, I made this thing you know, isn't this weird? Wouldn't this be cool to share it? And a friend of mine saw it and she had just started an independent publishing company called Row House. And she contacted me. She's like, these are great. These are needed. I want to partner with you. I want to produce these and sell them so that we can get the word out. So we came up with this structure. By the way, my publisher's taking zero profits. Like this is unheard of. They're only taking two bucks per deck to cover the costs of printing and shipping. That's it, which is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having this wide network of people from the worlds of publishing, from real estate, like from all these different worlds that I've been in over the years, when you're an artist, like you need to tell everybody what you're up to. And they will see what you're up to. And, you know, it's it's so valuable. So I, I know that that's what you all help people do on this podcast and in the art fairs. But, I, you know, I just wanted to share another example of how networking leads to these really surprising opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I mean, it's, uh, well, first of all, it's uh, obviously the uh, these abortion trading cards that are about... Um, this very like visceral, very physical issue that is going on. Um, and I, I saw one of the videos of you creating them on your Instagram. And uh, I think that the way that you make them, it's, it's very much like it, it's, it's a response to that, that I think you're, um, you know, it really comes across in the, the deck themselves. Um, but, but yes, kind of tying it back to, uh, to art business as well. Um, you know, just, as an artist, you know, besides what you're doing with your art career, you know, you also have something that you are trying to share with the world. And so, you know, when you are using the tools that you have available, which in this case is Instagram, social media, you know, Instagram gets a bad name and it, it does like, there's, there's plenty of issues with Instagram and various social media on like censorship and, and, you know, limiting people's ability to, to speak out and express themselves. However, at the same time, um, it is a hugely beneficial way to be able to communicate with people on this large scale. And that's something that you weren't even seeking that out. It came to you because you just put what you were creating out into the world. And then this happened. And so basically like, I would say the the takeaway in terms of, you know, you have the power to make a difference and share your voice. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily take like, you know, a, a production crew of, you know, you don't need, sometimes people are like, oh, I don't have like a really good quality, like video camera or something. It's like, you don't need to let those things stop you. Like just, you know, share what you're doing and you're going to see that positive result in return. Yeah, I, I got to tell you the best piece of advice I've gotten in the last year from an older friend of mine. She's in her early 80s. She's an artist, lifelong artist in New York City. I reach out to her. Oh, by the way, multi-generational friendships 
please develop that in your life. It's so valuable. It's so enriching. And I was like, Deborah, I need your advice about something. I told her what was going on. And she's like, Alex, I'm going to tell you what I've been telling my, my girlfriends for decades. You got to run your mouth. If you need a job or an apartment or a boyfriend, you got to run your mouth. You got to tell everybody you know what you need. I've never gotten a job through the one ads. <laughs> I've always got it through telling everybody what I'm looking for. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's actually working. <laughs> so I just tell everyone, everyone oh, you meet. I love, that's such, such good advice. I love it. (laughs) Um, Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, yes. Well, thank you for um, uh, sharing that insight. And then also, of course, thank you for um, sharing such a meaningful project uh, with the world at large. And it's so exciting that it's being published in, in such a um, like collaborative way, instead of just like someone trying to take advantage of, of a, of a cool project, you know? So it's, uh, that's awesome. Um, very cool. And then, so my next question, so you've tapped into something very poignant, of course, um, uh, at this moment in time, um, how would you say that, and this kind of continues with what we're talking about, how would you say that, you know, being in the zeitgeist as an artist, how do you, how do you kind of, I guess, identify what is, um, the best thing to be, um, including in your work? Um, and, and kind of, I, I guess you were talking before about how everything, uh, led to this. You were on, on a trip. There was the, um, just like all of these, these factors coming together. But, um, what advice would you give someone who's trying to decide what, what their work should uh, be about? So I don't know if, if I even shared this with you in our pre-conversation stuff, but, I was a part of another project about 20 years ago that was also kind of at this crux of a moment. Um, My ex and I made the movie Supersize Me together. So it was this documentary where he ate nothing but McDonald's for a month. And I was the vegan chef girlfriend going, please stop. And it it was like it (laughs) it came out at this moment where documentaries because of Michael Moore were like getting, were like being seen as, Oh, like these can be real moments in the culture and they can have a more political bent to them. And I was all about food and healthy eating. And so we, we made this film and it, 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 again, it came together, everything came together at this moment we were able to kind of, you know, ride this wave of awareness. But it's interesting with both the cards and with Super Size Me, like we, I had no idea if anyone was ever going to see this stuff. We had no idea if Super Size Me was going to get into Sun. It ended up getting into Sundance. It ended up like, you know, getting into all these festivals and got nominated for an Oscar and all this stuff. Like it was crazy. I saw it in my health class in high school. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many people have told me I watched you in my middle school health class. <laughs> but you just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. And with so many of my, my friends who are artists and artists, I don't know who I respect their work. Like it's this, it's this obsession, like this dedicate, right? Like if you've got an idea and you just got, you've just got to make it right. You got to make it and then you got to put it out there. Don't 
make it forever. That's, that's, this is my way of doing things anyway. I, this may not be for everyone or for every case, but I'm like, I want to make something and I want to get it out there. I don't want to sit on it and perfect it. Right. What, what's that expression? Like perfection is the enemy of done or. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Like I, publish real artists, publish like whatever it is, real artist ship, you know, all the, like get your shit out there, share it with everybody. It's, it's hard because most of the stuff I make doesn't get any attention. Most of the stuff I make gets a few likes or, you know, one out of 10 pieces sells something like that. No, whatever. This is the first opportunity I've had where people are coming to me for a series or a deck of cards or whatever. Um, you know, if we're, if we're lucky and if we take care of ourselves and if we surround ourselves with good people, good support, if, you know, if we nurture community around us and they in turn nurture us, then we have what it takes to keep going. So uh, I hope all that made sense, but that's. Yeah. It's actually something that I've heard from a lot of artists lately um, that have been getting a lot of attention for their work is, you know, they were doing something like there's some artists, uh, there was an artist who was in our last fair in San Francisco. And basically when she signed up, she, she had paintings, like they were really high quality and everything, but you know, she hadn't specifically gotten uh, like a huge amount of attention for it. I, I don't remember exactly, but I think she had like a couple thousand, maybe like 2000 followers on Instagram. And then she created this new body of work that was like very tactile and was like very satisfying for people to to see. And suddenly she had like, like between when she signed up for the fair and the fair itself, she then had like 300,000 followers. And so wow. it's just, sometimes you have to be instead of, instead of just being stuck on one thing, like try it, see how it works. And then, you know, just keep trying different things, see what make, feels right for you and see what resonates with other people. And when you kind of find that match, yeah. like, like embrace it <laughs> because it doesn't always happen. And it's, you know, it's not necessarily just like, ah, you're, you're a famous artist. So no matter what you do, it's, it's, you know, gonna, uh, you know, it's going to be successful. You, you sometimes have to kind of discover that and then you might need to rediscover it again. Once, once people are, are satisfied or that, that idea has kind of become saturated. So, um, just having a little bit of flexibility, I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying before about, um, not getting too hung up on, on perfection, like you said. Um, yeah. Now I don't want to go comparing myself to Pablo Picasso. However, (laughs) If you've ever seen like a retrospective of all of his work, you'll be like, wow, this dude worked in like everything. (laughs) He did a little bit of everything. And I just, I'm finding it so interesting that I did watercolor almost exclusively for like 14 years, but it's this little deck of multimedia collage cards that I made that are finally like, oh, like people are like, oh, what are you up to? What are you making? What's that? So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I, I forget who it was. Um, there was some show that I saw, um, a a museum show where the early work of that artist looked completely different. I think it was, I think it might've been Warhol or something where it was like the work that he was, he was making like normal traditional paintings. And then it evolved into this, 
you know, like totally different concept and, and different style, different like idea behind the work. And so, um, yeah, don't, don't limit yourself to, to just one, uh, one style. Um, yeah. it's easy to, to feel comfortable with, with just the one style. So, um, but yeah, awesome. Um, and then, uh, so the next question that I wanted to go over, um, is, you know, with a topic as controversial as abortion, um, what unexpected challenges did you face in the creative process? And when would you say you were satisfied enough with the results to publish them? Mm. Um, I didn't find any challenges within the creation process. I, I never had any desire to make it gruesome or over the top in, in kind of, I didn't, I didn't make it to like necessarily like be shocking. Um, you know, it, it does, it looks like there's, you know, there's red acrylic ink dripping down the sides of the cards. And I guess that is kind of reminiscent of a certain aspect of abortion for sure. But I'm not ashamed of it in any way. And I I'm just so passionate about the, the rights of people who want to have bodily autonomy. So that was never an issue. What I have found interesting is that even though it is getting attention and even though a publisher reached out to me, you know, even though there's been so much positive feedback about it, it's been interesting that a lot of media outlets are like, nope, we are not touching that. And, you know, my publisher has been really, you know, knocking on doors and sending it out to outlets and, you know, websites and who have covered their other authors and artists. And I think it's interesting. So I, and I have a real sense of gallows humor. I'm like, you know, they definitely embody my inner Gen X goth girl that I <laughs> have been my whole life. And there's, I, I think people hear abortion trading cards and they're like, that sound that it's off putting in some way. I don't know. I don't know. There's no feedback on why, but that's fine. Um, I know that sending it out to people reaching out, you know, I've just been doing all the groundwork. Listen, here's another, here's another tip, <laughs> another truth. I've written and published five books through major publishers, Wiley, through Simon & Schuster over the last 20 years. Even when you have a publicist, you still have to do 90% of the work. So getting your name out there, getting your, like it's, there's very few projects that just like hit the, you know, everybody wants to talk about it. You still have to reach out to people sometimes repeatedly and see, you know, hey, I've got this thing, right? Run your mouth. So I've just been doing that, doing that strategy, talking to people, carrying the deck with me everywhere I go, walking into stores, like contacting people I've been talking to over the last 10 years. So if you're finding like it's taking a while to get attention or get that outlet or whatever, like you're not alone. It's so normal for it to take a while. Just keep going, keep yeah. going. And I would also say another uh, business tip related to this specific example. Um, you know, I think that uh, 
when you hear something that someone else is doing and you think that that is, oh, I have to do that too. Um, well, you don't necessarily have the same like set of uh, marketing channels that are going to make sense for each thing. You know, like uh, one person, it might be like they have a really strong focus on like a newsletter and YouTube. And then another person, it's like Instagram and a publicist, you know, like who, who knows what the, the combination is. Uh, but in this case, uh, kind of the traditional um PR route with, uh, you know, getting listed in, uh, you know, on, on like, uh, news segments might not be the, might not be the, the, the route. It might be something else, uh, might be a little more creative, might be a little more run in your mouth. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, basically like, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, I would say that, even like the biggest names that you can think of to your point are, are they're hard workers. They are not just like sitting back being fed grapes because they're just so famous. Like they are like, they're working to, to be recognized that much. And so, um, yeah, it just, it, it sometimes just takes that, um, that endurance from yourself. Um, to, to get it going. Yeah. So as much as I have, like I'm in my studio right now, as much as I have a studio practice and I work, five or six days a week on making art. I also have a PR practice where it's like the eight, eight to 9 a.m. every day, I'm like sending emails, making phone call, right? That's a practice as well. And, you know, I just encourage people to like, if you're serious about making your art and getting it out there, getting attention, getting sales, like both of those things need to happen. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those pie charts where it's like all of the things that you do as an artist, and then there's like this little sliver that's like make art. <laughs> and so it's like, percent of it, yeah. <laughs> and the rest of it is marketing and your website and social media and just all of the above. But um but yeah, yeah. So uh definitely it's uh you gotta you gotta put in that uh that elbow grease uh to to make things happen. And I and I do want to honor people's you know individual clocks. Like maybe you're the kind of per- right maybe you also have a full-time job. So maybe you know most of your personal clock is work and make art, but maybe Saturdays you have a full 8 or 9 hours where you just do PR and yeah. just do the admin stuff. You know that that's totally acceptable too. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. have to be every day I do something towards X. Yeah, that's something that I've been like trying to figure out for for myself as well. Is just kind of like okay, like when does my circadian rhythm feel really good about making art versus uh, doing all of the the business uh, aspects of of my art? So it's uh, you know you just kind of gotta respond to what feels right. Do you know the book Daily Rituals? I don't. I, I feel like I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's it, like it, it looks at the lives of artists, writers, scientists, and what their days looked like. Yeah. Oh, 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 I love that. Spoiler alert. A lot of people are taking a lot of naps. <laughs> <laughs> Napping and walking are like the most genius minds you've ever heard of. They do both those. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, that's something that I'm... I'm like, huh, I, I read somewhere that if you feel like taking a nap, it means that your body really needs a nap. And so <laughs> you should take that nap. And your brain too. like, Yeah, it's, um, I believe, 
a 23 minute nap or something like that can kind of like extend your productivity and efficiency for like another like four hours or something like that. Uh, maybe right. longer. So it's- All uh, right, I'm going to go take a nap right after we're done. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. <laughs> well, I'll take naps. Um, awesome. Well, uh, we're going to come right back with our final thoughts. Um, but first, uh, just one other message from our sponsors. Artists, are you struggling with getting yourself out there and selling your work? Well, you came to the right place. For seven years, Superfine Art Fair has traveled across the United States and connected with all sorts of art professionals, from curators, gallerists, a community of successful artists, and everything in between. We've developed strategies to assist hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that they deserve. From New York City to San Francisco, Miami Beach to Seattle, your next art fair is right around the corner. You can apply to be a part of the fair when it comes to a city near you by visiting www.superfine.world sell hyphen your hyphen art. Mention the artist business plan during your qualification call and we'll take $150 off your booth fee for any city and any fair you choose. Today's the day to start taking control of your art career. All right, and we're back. Uh, we've been talking with Alexandra Jameson about her newest art project, the abortion trading cards. So, fifteen uh, percent of proceeds they go to Bridget Alliance um, for your trading cards. How did you determine which nonprofit to partner with? Well, that's a, actually a really good question because there are so many nonprofits to partner with, and I really encourage artists to do this. If you have any kind of show any kind of launch, like there are so many great nonprofits out there who will help you promote what you're doing and people will see that partnership and it instantly elevates your legitimacy in some people's minds and you get to feel great about just, you know, giving some money to a worthy organization. Um, I actually, I actually know a few different uh, abortion nonprofits but I have a friend who worked for Bridget Alliance from the beginning. So I knew about what they were doing. And, and this, this nonprofit is really unique in that they actually help people travel, right? There's like a dozen states now where you cannot get an abortion. And so they have to travel out of state and it can cost 10,000, 15,000 for the travel. If, most people who get an abortion are already parents, so they need certified childcare, somebody to stay with their existing children so they can travel, which can be like a week. Sometimes they have to go somewhere for a week. That all gets really expensive. So the Bridget Alliance helps people do all that, travel, childcare, staying somewhere, aftercare, etc. I was like, this is genius. This is so, it's needed now more than ever. So we're giving 15%. It's, it works out being more like 25 to 30% because the publisher is not taking any profit. So actually a much larger chunk of sales is going to the nonprofit. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, in addition to obviously it being like a wonderful thing to do as a person to, uh, to, you know, offer a, a percentage of proceeds to a, a, a nonprofit, um, it also does, um, you know, there is that um, aspect of, you know, you're introducing your, your work to a new audience and, 
you know, you, you should be choosing a nonprofit that, you know, makes sense with, with your ethos and it aligns to your art in some way. Um, and then that is sort of introducing the story behind your art to another audience who cares about it. And, you know, as, as wonderful as it would be if everyone just kind of opened their wallets and, and donated for, for no reason whatsoever, um, people love receiving something in, in return. So if someone is, you know, getting an artwork or, or an art product, um, in exchange and at the same time, they're able to donate, um, they're going to feel twice as good. They got something and they're donating. So it does have that, that win-win effect, um, that you should it actually increases your opportunities in another way. Um, I'm also a fiscal, pro- a fiscal sponsored project, which means I'm kind of underneath a larger umbrella organization, New York Foundation for the Arts. So I can fundraise underneath their 501c3. So that means I can be a nonprofit without having to have a board and do all the tax. It's like very, very simple way to be a nonprofit. Tons of arts organizations out there do this. So I really encourage artists to do this. Pitch a program or a project, and then you can start fundraising. And people can give to you if you have some kind of a public good with your art. Yeah. And I, you know, I got to do my first solo show a couple of years ago in a space that has like a rotating gallery space because I had a nonprofit status. And I was giving, you know, 10% of any sales to a local nun. So it, it widens who will give you space. It widens who will give you money. It really opens up a lot of doors. So fiscal, um, fiscal sponsored projects is a great <laughs> opportunity for artists. Fiscal sponsored project. Definitely go and Google that. Uh, example number one is New York Foundation of the Arts. Uh, nyfa.org, uh, I believe. Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, that's, that's honestly, that's, that's, um, hugely valuable advice. I didn't even know all the details of that. So that's, um, that, that's, that's news for me. So that's amazing. Um, awesome. All right. Well, I, Alexandra, this has been an amazing conversation. Uh, let's go ahead and bring it home for our listeners. Um, where can people go to order the abortion trading cards and what resources can those seeking aid use? Great. Thank you. Um, So I'll give you like, if you need aid, if you need help, there's two main places I want you to go. So the Charlie app is a new app. It's totally anonymous. They are not tracking you. So it's a totally safe way for people to get information about where you can get abortion pills, how you can get to a clinic. Like there are states in this country now where it is not safe to look online or talk about online. The Charlie app is like, I want everyone to know about this. Share it far and wide. So, so important that people have safe access to information. And then they can order the abortion trading cards. Um, Oh, I should totally shout out my own nonprofit, the Bridget Alliance. (laughs) B-R-I-G-I-D, Bridget Alliance. They're doing amazing work. We're giving money to them. And then you can go to um, get the cards. You can go to rowhousepublishing.com and they have the decks. They're $19.99, super affordable. It's an amazing 36-card deck and it comes with a little booklet. Each card that you pull, it's kind of like a weird tarot deck where each card has like 
a conversation or a writing prompt with it. So it's a great conversation start. Like card parties are where it's at. I've been hosting card parties to get people to like interact with and engage with and use the cards. So it's really interesting. I love that. I love that. And Row House is R-O-W, right? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, amazing. Thank you so much uh, for everyone listening. Uh, you can always listen uh, listen again to this and all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. To connect with Alexandra, uh, follow their Instagram at deliciousalex. And you can order your own abortion trading cards once again at rowhousepublishing.com, R-O-W housepublishing.com. Uh, be sure to check us out at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram and share whenever you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan. Um, and also, if you can re- uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts when you get a chance, those ratings and reviews are critical in helping other artists, entrepreneurs find us. Uh, and as always, I'd like to wrap up uh, by sharing a quick quote with you all. Uh, the quote is, today we say all art is political, but I'd say all art has to do with ethics which after all really comes to the same thing. It's a matter of attitudes. And that is Ingmar Bergman. Uh, Alexandra, it's been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you again for sharing your perspective with our listeners. For that, we are so grateful. Thank you. Loved it. Of course. Uh, Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan. Hosted by me, Alex Mito. And me, James Milley. Join us each week to hear leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas discuss tips and tricks designed to help you thrive and sell more art. To listen to this episode and all of our past episodes, just visit www.superfine.world and click The Artist Business Plan. And we love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message just to let us know you're listening. Want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Go to www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Until next time, keep listening, keep creating, and keep up your artist business plan.